it's just the perfect, we're in the perfect time for this. You know, anyone who's creative, who has an opportunity to um, create art, has the ability now to share it and to build their own audience. It's a really amazing time, and it's not going to be like this forever. When I was a kid, I, I always enjoyed writing stories. That was my thing. Uh, if I went on a family trip with the family, everyone in the car became a character in the story, you know, <laughs> on the whole journey. And so having an opportunity as an artist to cultivate a story um, in truth, in the foundation of who, who a human being is, and share that with the world, is something that we can all learn from, um, we can all relate to, and, you know, it's just classic, you know, filmmaking. Welcome to our 76th episode of American Reel. This week, we are back in New York City with writer, director, and cinematographer, Michael Campo. In this episode, Michael discusses the importance of reminding people they are the lead in their own life story, and that it's up to each individual to uncover their passion and purpose. Michael has found purpose in his incredible film work, bringing his love of story and characters into his films. He tells us about the making of grassroots films, the creation of Camp Campo, and his latest venture, I Choose, a documentary series focusing on individuals who have made radical change in their life and who drastically changed the lives of those around them. We also talk about ego, his interpretation of God, and what advice he'd give to his 20-year-old self. This is American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is writer and director Michael Campo. You have over 10 years of experience in the film industry, working on a range of products, including documentaries, shorts, and client-based branded content. You co-founded Grassroots Films, Inc. in 2006 with a focus on Christian and Catholic media and spread your wings building Camp Campo in 2016. Your work as a filmmaker has taken you around the world, uh, earning you a variety of awards and accolades. Currently, you, your work led you uh, to an ongoing documentary series focused on reminding individuals that they are the lead in their life story. A fresh look into the age-old question of who are you? Michael Campo, welcome to the show. Thanks, Roger. Happy to be here. So great because um, once I uh, book a guest and then start doing intense research, sometimes, and you're one of the times, um, I find that there's a, a, a closeness, a bond that's there in our work. So as I hear and read about the things that, that you're all about and what you're trying to do, it's very similar to what I'm trying to do. And that's part of it is telling people stories, giving people a voice, yeah. letting them become, as you say, the lead, or as I say, the hero of their own story. Yeah. And where did that start for you? Why is that important to you to tell people's stories? Hmm. You know, um, why is it important to tell people's stories? Well, first of all, I think that film and filmmaking in general is like, it's just the perfect, we're in the perfect time for this. You know, um, the distribution outlets that are available to us as creatives, uh, the, the time that we're in now, it's never been like this. You know, anyone who's creative, who has an opportunity to um, create art, has the ability now to share it and to build their own audience. It's a really amazing time, and it's not going to be like this forever. You know, so 
First, I just want to say that we are, we're in an amazing time, and we really need to recognize that as creatives. Secondly, I feel that, um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I always enjoyed writing stories. That was my thing. Uh, if I went on a family trip with the family, everyone in the car became a character in the story, you know, <laughs> on the whole journey. Um, so I remember very vividly, you know, taking a trip, a drive from New York down to Florida, and, you know, everyone in the car becoming characters in this story. And it's interesting, as I got older and I had an opportunity um, to move to, to the city, I lived in Brooklyn and co-founded a company with three other guys, one of them being my dad, uh, called Grassroots Films. And we really felt that there was a need to tell good stories. So my faith is something that's very important to me. Um, and having an opportunity to do like cool stuff that is still faith-based, but like stuff that I would watch, <laughs> was, was a real, like, it was just a real honor to have that ability to do that. And all of us, you know, none of us went to film school, so we're all, you know, straight out of the heart, uh, learned by trial and error. And so, you know, that lasted for, for a couple of years. We made some beautiful, beautiful films together. And then everyone started to kind of go in, you know, different directions. And so I started Camp Campo, which really was just a way, I needed my name in a domain and I couldn't get Michael Campo. So I got campcampo.com. I thought it was easy, it would roll off the tongue. And originally it was just a portfolio page where I was including the stuff that I was doing with all the different companies that I had an opportunity to work with. And um, so campcampo.com was born and then started building my own clients and doing my own stuff. And I feel that telling people's stories as a filmmaker is, it's a blessing and it's an honor. Because as human beings, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's any greater value than human life. And so having an opportunity as an artist to cultivate a story um, in truth, in the foundation of who, who a human being is and share that with the world is something that we can all learn from, um, we can all relate to, and you know, it's just classic you know, filmmaking, telling good stories. And what an honor it is to actually do it for that person, right? To, to see the gratification that you can make in their life by do, doing that story, the gratification you receive by, by making the story, and then all those who, who watch the film. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, it moves. It moves and it, and it takes people and places to new things. I find, you know, people are very protective of who they are. You know, we all wear a lot of masks, right? Who we really are and who we tell the world we are, two different things. But, um, but as a filmmaker, as a documentary filmmaker, I have the opportunity where people take those masks off and they tell me the real deal. And it's my job to craft that into something that is relatable for a wide audience. And there's a lot of trust that goes into that because I've worked on a lot of, a lot of films. So sitting down and talking with people about serious subjects, um, about things that are really important, again, it's something I think we can all learn from, you know. Fantastic. Um, I saw last night you launched episode nine of your weekly series, and you had a, uh, a young woman on there, I believe her name was Kate. Yep. 
and she lost 100 pounds. 100 pounds. In 19 months. 19 months. What an incredible story. Yeah. And how inspirational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started this, uh, this project. It's a passion project of mine. It's called I Choose. And the I Choose project is about reminding people that they're the lead in their life story. That um, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we're going through, each one of us is always one choice away from bettering our circumstances forever, from changing our life. And it's a reminder that I need every day. Uh, and it's a reminder, a reminder that I think a vast majority of the population needs to hear. You know, uh, we're here today in New York City. And you can walk through Times Square. And you can see a thousand advertisements telling you what to wear, what to look like, what's cool, what you should listen to, what you should watch on television. No one's asking you who you are. The I Choose Project is about asking who you are. Who are you? Who are you created to be? What is your purpose? And how to fully live that. So um, we, we started our documentary series, which, again, they're short professional films. Uh, the goal was to do 10 of them. So we put together the pilot, which is I Choose Hope, which is about a young man who triumphantly overcomes his addiction to heroin. Uh, is now married and has children and just bought a house, second baby on the way, owns his own business, you know, great guy. Um, and the idea was to do nine more of these. I choose forgiveness, I choose joy, I choose love, I choose life. Um, <clears throat> each one of them being similar in that they're about an individual who makes a change, a choice, and overcomes something in their life but each one filmed differently depending on the theme of that story. Well, we shot the first one and I really was holding on to it for a while. I didn't want to put it out um, until I had three of them ready to go. But then, <coughs> the first one being about drugs and alcohol, one of Eddie's friends OD'd. And I'm not a crazy filmmaker thinking that, uh, that I can change the world, although I do think we can all change the world. Um, I said to myself, man, you know, I feel like if, if Eddie's friend would have seen this video, if we didn't hold it back, could things have been different? And I don't know what the answer to that is. I just know that the results of not putting it out, what, what happened? I don't know what would have happened if we did put it out. And so I made that decision very quickly after speaking to, you know, a couple people in my close circle. And I was like, I think we just got to put it out. So we put the film out on Facebook and put it out on Instagram, at I Choose Series. And we just watched to see what was going to happen. And man, in like, I don't know, in like a month or so, we had hit close to 27,000 views on it, over 600 shares on Facebook alone. Excuse me. And people were just really, really moved. And then people started emailing and asking us like, hey, I want to tell my story. I want to tell my story. I want to tell my story. And so I said, man, how, you know, what's a creative way where we could cultivate the soil, engage the audience, but I don't have to build, bring my whole film crew to everybody to tell their stories, you know? It gets expensive. <laughs> so, uh, so we said, man, what if we just do these Facebook Lives where we can invite anyone and everyone who wants to tell their story to be a part of this community? We can talk about the choices that they've made in their life. So... Nine weeks later, uh, we're on episode nine, and last night we had Kate Hicks, 
who is a certified health coach, beautiful young woman, married with children, and she lost 100 pounds, 100 pounds in 19 months. Um, I think her story is phenomenal, but again, for her it came down to this choice, you know, that she didn't want to live the life that she was living. She wanted to make a change. And I think that her, her story is a beautiful example of anyone who's struggling, whether it's weight or something else. Again, it comes down to this choice. Yeah. This choice to take action. You know, we have a lot of thoughts in our mind. We have a lot of ideas. They come, they go, it's amazing. But when we make the choice to take action, things change. No doubt about it. And I, um, I had an opportunity to watch that short about Eddie, mm. and it was moving. Thank you. Um, I think, for the most part, everyone today knows someone or knows of someone who has had a, a situation with, with opioids yeah. and um, particular heroin. But it was interesting to watch Eddie's story because he really, you could tell he was speaking from the heart, and I loved how you did it from, from the artistic standpoint, but he talked about where he, he made that choice. He didn't want to go there. Yeah. He was always afraid of that. Right. And then he went there. Yeah. And it was on Thanksgiving dinner that uh, he had a serious situation and his parents had to rush him, his mom had to rush him to the hospital. Yeah. Um, that message was so strong and powerful that I know you made the right choice to put that out because now look what happened. You said, yeah. you know, now you're in episode nine and you could always go back, I'm sure, and do more of those Eddie type yeah. shorts. Well, that's the goal. Right. The goal is, is, you know, I mean, I've got people lined up. I mean, I want it to be an international piece. So um, I have a young woman who's a Jewish woman. She's done a couple of TED Talks. I mean, she's just absolutely amazing. She's a young Jewish woman in Israel. We're going to film her, and hers ends with, I choose kindness. How great is that? A young Jewish woman that we're going to film in the Middle East talking about kindness. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a story now of a guy who's in Arizona. It's more of a faith and family story. Uh, but he found his 14-month-old daughter at the bottom of a pool. Um, and he talks about this, you know, this really, really tough time in his life. Uh, but her heart had stopped for 30 minutes, and despite all medical science, she came back to him. I can't wait to tell that story, and we have a variety of stories like this that we're going to tell once we are able to you know, hook it up and make it, make it happen. But in the meantime, these Facebook Lives gives us an opportunity to continue building the brand and continue to build the reputation of what it is that we're trying to do here. I love it, because then, say, you come out with one of those every three months or six yeah, months. Yeah, exactly. At least now your audience is building. Exactly. And they'll, they'll, be, they'll be there to, to help support it and share it. Yeah. And how, how important is it for people to know? You know, like we're going to do one called I Choose Forgiveness. And uh, the, people that, the person that I have in mind for this is somebody who shouldn't have forgiven. It's somebody who the rest of us would say, how could you forgive? But the point of this is that to remind people that it's a choice. Even and at the worst possible extreme. Even at the worst possible extreme, you know? And by, by making this choice, here's the result that we see. Here's a person who is in a, a terrible situation, who by all means 
has no, uh, doesn't have to forgive. And if they didn't, we would all say, yeah, I get that. I understand. But here's that same person who made that choice to forgive. And this person's life has changed forever because of that. You know? So the I Choose series is tackling important subjects. Um, it's really giving people an opportunity to share that success. You know, making that hard choice, that was the hardest part. Because after they make the choice, everything else falls into place. You know? But I find that as human beings, we sit here and we go back and forth, weighing, should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we? If we do this, what will happen? A lot of thinking. Not much action. Not much action. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, everything you're saying is what I'm living. So yeah. that's why I said when I started researching you, we're very, very similar in a lot of ways. And, and there's a lot know, of people out that. there like uh, on the same wavelength, which is great. And a lot of people are taking action now, whereas before, and I think it's because we, like you said from the very beginning, we now have the platform. We now have the medium to yeah. be able to do this yeah. um, in, a, in a, you know, somewhat cost-effective way. Yep. And it comes down to one thing, choice. And then the second being commitment, where you right. have to stick with it and, and, you know, and continue to put out this great content because people are craving it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that people who, who are on the fence, I think when they ask themselves the questions of why they haven't made the choice yet, I think we can all, I think the majority of the time it comes down to fear, you know? Whether they're afraid of um, what those results will be, whether they're afraid of what other people will think, I think that plays a lot into it. Absolutely. You know, I think that this idea of um, being afraid of what other people will think of you. How many people are on the planet? The people who aren't going to think good of you, <laughs> like you can, you can, you have, a, you have a choice. You can live in, you know, the the best light that you believe people want to see, and you can try and keep that act up for a long time, yeah. or you can stay true to yourself and be who you are and let the cards fall. And the people who are with you, they're going to be with you. That's right. The people who are not, you don't need them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think it's this feeling, and whether it's from our upbringing or who, who knows what, but we feel like we have to please everyone. It's I hard feel like to that. say no. I feel like that. Sure. In my film stuff, yep. man, I'm, I'm, like, I'm crazy in the editing room. You know, I'm constantly thinking about who's going to say what about this, and if we keep that, and what if we do this, and I don't know if that's the right thing, and maybe that dialogue wasn't coming across. There's body language in this one. Like, I go crazy, you know, as an artist. Sure. Um, because I'm thinking for a wide audience that I'm trying to reach with the message. But then there comes a point where you have to say, you know, it's done. Mm. And we're moving on to the next thing. That's right. That's right. So let's talk about, uh, you put up a post uh -oh. uh, a little bit ago, and you said, your higher power is the one you seek every day, not the one you visit once a week. Think about that. Who or what is your God? Mm. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, so, faith is something that's very important to me. And recently, when I say recently, I say within the last year or so, I've made an active choice to attend Mass on Sundays, where I wasn't <laughs> for a while. Excuse me. And uh, just wanting to get back into that. I just felt this desire in my heart, felt this calling. And uh, I'm saying to myself, man, i got to go. You know, so first I started to go on my own, wake up nice and early when my wife and the kids are still sleeping, go on my own. Did that for a couple of weeks, a month or two goes by, 
Finally, I got to the point where I said, all right, now we're all getting up. <laughs> we're all going. Now we're, we're all going, you know, and that's been consistent. Uh, rain or shine, you know, snow or sun, uh, we're going. And it's changed my life again in a really, really beautiful way. Um, but I found myself only, you know, you go on Sunday, and we all know people like this. We call them, uh, what are they, Sunday Sunday Christians or Sunday Catholics, right. or whatever you want to call them, Sunday churchgoers. And then the rest of the week, they live their life however they live their life. I think about that a lot, and I think that, you know, for a long time, I was aiming for something. And what I was aiming for was what I was getting. And the closer I got to what I was aiming for, the more I was realizing how unhappy I was with the choices that I was making. I was starting to lose myself. I was starting to ask myself and trying to figure out who am I and what am I about and what do I stand for and what don't I stand for. And it was a struggle. I was sitting there thinking about what other people expect of me, what other people think of me. Um, I was losing my voice and I was becoming an invisible person. And that's not who God created me to be. He did not create me to be invisible. He created me for greatness. I say this all the time when I talk to other people, even on my I Choose thing. I'm like, God created you for greatness. Be great. You know, get out there. Be great. And so, yeah, I was struggling with that. And I was asking that question. You know, whatever, whatever you're chasing, that's your God. Not if you go to church every Sunday. It's what you're chasing every single day. For some of us, it's fame. For some of us, it's money. For some of us, it's drugs, sex, alcohol, I don't know, whatever it is. We all got skeletons in the closet. We all got our, our life. But whatever it is that you're chasing every single day, that's your God. Whether you go to church on Sundays or not, it doesn't matter. It's what you chase every day. And so I had to change my heart. I had to change my thoughts. I had to change my aim, what I was aiming for. And um, the moment I started doing that, I started to become more confident with who I was, and I started to gain more of an understanding of my own personal journey and my own purpose. And my journey is my journey. Your journey is your journey. Like, it's not my job or your job to make everyone feel good all the time. Like, I have to, I have to ride, you know, the train that I'm on. You know, that's my train. With its, with its ups and its downs, with its wins and its losses, that's mine. And I have to own that. And everybody, if we, if we thought that way, I think the world would be a completely different place. <laughs> I think it would be better, too. Um, but I think that, like you said, there's this wave, you know, and it's moving in this direction. Um, and I think that, you know, the Internet and social media and everything that's going on is, is a huge part of that. Yeah. You know? How do we help people that are in that position? They feel like they're going down the wrong path, they're, they're just lost, mm. invisible, as you said. Mm. Do they have to find it themselves? Is it their own timing? Or can we help speed up that process for people by just making them aware? Well, that's a great question. Um, I, think that, uh, I think that sometimes when we're asking ourselves that questions or when we're struggling, I think that it's very natural for us as human beings to reserve ourselves, pull back, sit down in a quiet place, and think. What I have found is that that works for, for some people, and uh, if it works for you, great. 
But what I have found is that sometimes for me, from my experience, when I do that, I get lost in my own thoughts. And if I'm not in a good state of mind, those thoughts are not very good, <laughs> you know? Right. And that could be a very, very big struggle. I find that in conversations, in talking with people, in sharing my thoughts and my ideas, and listening, really listening when other people speak to me, that's when I'm really thinking. That's when my mind is expanding. That's when I'm really growing. And so to answer your question, I think that, yes, it's great for people to, um, to try and figure it out. But, you know, if you really want to learn about yourself, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation and see how you react. Then you'll see who you are. You sit in a room by yourself thinking, you can think you're Superman, you know? But unless you're out fighting villains and figuring out your, your weaknesses, like it's in the vulnerability. It's in the weakness. It's in, it's in that vulnerability that we really gain strength. You know, so I would say if it works for you, you know, some people meditate. I'm not a big meditator. I don't know, I can never quiet my head. So for me, it's been having conversations, talking with people. That's where I find expansion, growth, change. Because it gives me an opportunity to hear what I'm saying. And it also gives me an opportunity to listen to what the other person is saying. And in that, I think it gives us the ability to really figure things out. So do you attribute this progression in your life to going back to church? I would say that uh, my faith is a huge part of it. Absolutely a huge part of it, uh, without a doubt. Um, I'm listening, you know, I'm talking, I'm, I'm emphasizing listening, listening, listening. And in my heart, I feel that I can hear God's calling, you know. And people ask this, well, how do you hear God, you know? Well, God doesn't have, the way we picture God and the way God may be is two different things, right? We picture God with a beard and, a, and, a, and human like us, you know, but God is God. So maybe God doesn't have lips, you know. If we're all just part of God's will and everything in this world is part of God's will, God can speak to us through anything. Think about that, yeah. you know. That is something that's pretty mind-blowing to me. You know, he's a direct, a direct line. When people say, oh, you know, I'm getting a sign or I'm getting this, right? it's through people. It's through conversations. I think that God is always talking to us. Whether we're listening or not, that's up to us. If we got our headphones on all day, every day, it's really difficult to listen, you know. But, yeah, I would say that, um, I mean, it's a journey. I'm no saint, you know. I'm no saint at all. I'm, I'm on the journey, man. So, but I believe that God's calling me. And... I'm just trying to answer as best as I can. Where does ego play into all this? Ego. My dad would tell you ego stands for easing God out. That's what he would say. Um, it's funny that you say that. I'm thinking about that quite a bit lately because I've, I've taken the step and I've made the choice to be a lot more vocal about my thoughts and my beliefs uh, on my social networks, right? Whether it's I choose, my Campo, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Where does ego play in all of that? And for me, just recently, um, I was speaking with somebody and, and somebody reminded me of the gospel of uh, when Jesus goes out and he talks to the thousands and thousands of people. And when he's done, he goes in a quiet place to pray. He doesn't go and drink a beer. <laughs> 
and celebrate. Yo, I'm Jesus. You know what I mean? It's not like that. After speaking to the people, he goes and he prays. And so I've been trying to apply that to myself quite a bit. Um, after I have an opportunity to speak with a large audience, a small audience, one person on my I Choose page, um, or just a conversation like we're having today, before I start thinking about how great I am, I have to remember that the, these are not my words. You know, That if I am part of God's will, God's using me right now to speak to you or to speak to whoever's listening or watching. You know? So my answer uh, would be, you know, if, if you're waiting for a sign, maybe this is it. Incredible. Let's talk about your filmmaking. Sure. So you didn't go to film school. You're self-taught self by the love of, of the art of, of filmmaking. And it's not easy. Hmm. So for those out there who are aspiring to be filmmakers, and maybe we're on a similar path to you, and again, we have very, you and I have very similar paths because I definitely didn't go to school for yeah. any of this, and, and I love... School ruins you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm one of those guys who doesn't even think that there'll be college in 20 years. Oh, I'm with you. I think people will finally catch on and yeah. say, you know what? It's I don't coming. need all this debt. Right. I'm okay. Yeah. I can learn what I need on YouTube. That's right. You know? <laughs> That's right. But where did your... Where did your action, when, where was your aha moment when you said, I want to do this for a living? Hmm. Man, if I could be, you know, 100% honest with you, I can't, I can't say there was that moment. I mean, you know, I moved to Brooklyn when I was 18 years old, and I lived in a, in a house called the St. Francis House that my pops was running. And there was a couple of guys living in that house as well. Everybody came from different backgrounds. Most of the guys who came to that house, you know, either had economic problems or drug and substance abuse issues, who were coming out of jail. Um, and I was, you know, skinny little white kid coming out of Long Island, you know, moving into Brooklyn when it wasn't cool yet. You know what I mean? So uh, I moved into Greenpoint before, like, <laughs> before it was cool to live in Greenpoint, you know? I mean, there was still people getting shot on the corner. Um, and... It was a very different life. You know, my, my parents had gotten divorced, and I lived with my mom growing up, and my dad was running this house in Brooklyn. And uh, I turned 18, and I had to see if uh, all the stuff she was telling me was true or not. I said, Dad, can I move in? <laughs> you know? And it was, I think it was pretty intense for both of us, you know? But in moving into that house, uh, I did not envision being there for as long as I lived there. And I didn't think that it was going to set me up or, or kind of the things that happened, I, I didn't know. I knew that I always loved storytelling. I always loved writing uh, in school. Those are my favorite subjects. Excuse me, art, all of that stuff. But it wasn't until I moved into the house and there was a couple of other guys, one in particular who was super interested in film. And um, we just kind of started off as like a group of guys running around Brooklyn with video cameras, doing funny stuff, you know? And it was cool, but then one day, you know, we were uh, asking ourselves these questions, man, could we put our talents and skills to use to make stuff that would be more than just this? And so we did, you know? And it's been a journey because 
you know, we all kind of learned together and, and grew together um, doing this art of filmmaking. And, you know, around that time, I mean, YouTube was just getting started. Um, MySpace was almost there. Facebook, not yet, <laughs> you know, uh, definitely no Instagram. But it was like we knew that we just wanted to tell good stories that were authentic, authentic and real. You know, I think, again, talking about those masks, everybody's wearing those masks and wants to look good on camera and stuff. And like, no, we wanted the raw, we wanted the real raw stuff. And so, um, so we set out to do it, you know, and then we hooked up and we, you know, we just started doing stuff and just making it. Incredible. And again, I mean, everything you're saying. So the reason I started American Reels for the very same reason, yeah. and it's in our name, American yeah. Real. We I know, I love that. Real stories, yeah. real people, real conversations where people could benefit from others gain wisdom from other people's mistakes experiences experiences yeah learnings that are not bad i mean they're purposeful yeah for us to progress as humans yeah and to hear you say the you know the the passion first to go out on the street and film that's awesome yeah and okay how do we how do we turn this into something meaningful right and and you followed your heart hmm. and has any of your other friends stuck with it? Yeah, the other guys, I mean, everyone kind of went their own separate ways. Um, but yeah, from what, I, from what I know, everyone's still working in, uh, in film. That's really interesting. In some interesting. form or another. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what's a typical day look like for you? A typical day? Oh, boy. Um, well, uh, I'm married, and I have three young children. Seven, a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. So I always say it's a party at Camp Campo. <laughs> <laughs> Every day's a party at Camp Campo. Um, you know, we wake up in the morning, get the kids ready for school, breakfast, get them out on the bus, and you know, then it's social media. Um, I think that you know we are now seeing the internet 2.0 with this whole social media thing between Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and Snapchat and Twitter and all of these, you know, uh, tools that are now available to us. There's a great opportunity here as a creative, even in business, you know, to grow through these uh, platforms. And so I find myself in the morning really, really going on, answering people, talking to people, liking comments, responding to comments. Um, and then and real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you, because um, it's relevant here. I had a friend tell me in the very beginning of American Real, no need to comment back to people if they like your things. And I just felt this weird thing, like, no, I, I want, if, if they're taking the time to like or comment, I want to respond to them. Oh, totally. It's like, you're totally wasting your time. So I actually went against my gut, and I didn't do it for the longest time. Mm. Probably a good six months. And then one day I woke up and I said, you know what? I'm going to start commenting back because that's what I want to do. That's yeah. what my heart's telling me to do. And yeah. he was looking at it from a time perspective, like it's a waste of your time. Yeah. Where I felt it's an investment back into the people that, that are believing totally. in me. Totally. So I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I, I see a tremendous difference now in 
the growth of what we're doing just by my interaction. And, and, and a thousand I'm, percent. And you can validate that because you are you're growing exponentially. Thousand percent. I mean, I look. I generally like talking to people. I do. I like learning from people. I like arguing with people. You know. I mean, I'm I'm a New York guy. Like, you, if we That's disagree, right. like, all right, let's sit down. Let's yep. talk about this. You know what I mean? Like, I like that stuff. So, social media. If someone's gonna leave a comment, yeah, let's let's talk about it. Let's engage. You know. Um, you know, when people give good, positive feedback, I'm like, thanks so much. You know, if they like it, I like what they liked, you know? I mean, I think it's, it's a relationship, and we're moving into a new place in the world now. We're moving into a new time, you know? Um, people don't call anymore, they text, you know, even loved ones. That's what we do, you know? Uh, you send your, your wife, your girlfriend a, a heart emoji sometimes rather than saying, like, hey, baby, I love you, or calling her and saying, hey, I love you. And some people will look back at the nostalgic days of how things used to be. The reality is, is that, you know, how things are now and how things are interpreted, it's okay. We're just changing. Things are changing. Human beings, we're changing. We're growing. And so, yeah, responding to people, super important, you know. Um, and then, you know, as the day continues, I mean, Usually I have a lot of uh, phone calls in the morning. I, I get through my phone calls, and then depending on what I'm working on, it's editing or, or filming something new. So I have a lot of new projects that I'm now working on, and um, some of them require some film stuff. And then I have client-based work that I do. So, um, you know, Camp Campo is kind of makes money where it's like I, I can be hired to work on someone else's project as a writer or a director or a cinematographer. Um, then I have my own personal projects that I'm pushing and working on, um, larger scale productions. Uh, but then I also see all the things that I'm learning and experimenting with on my own, how different clients of mine can benefit from that. And so, you know, we're working with a variety of individuals now where we're making uh, professional content for them that is not what I like to refer to as the one and dones. You know, a couple of years ago, the one and dones sure. were great. You would put out a film or a five minute video or six minute video, 10 minute video, and everyone loved it. Non for profits would show it. Now, now it's really about quantity and consistency and keeping up. And so, as things are changing and we're moving into this 2.0 internet, you know, time, um, your audiences need to be fed every day. Not once a month, not once a year, every day. And so we are now uh, rolling out marketing plans with clients where we can deliver them content you know, on a five-week plan, on a six-month plan, or a year plan, um, which gives us a really, really beautiful opportunity, and as a filmmaker and a storyteller, to really get to know people and figure out the best way to tell their story over time now. You know? And it's like, if you think about it, it's really perfect because you know, movie, movie sales tickets are dropping like crazy because everyone's at home watching Netflix series, right? Yeah. Or Amazon series, right? We're all into the series or Game of Thrones, the series, you know? Right. We want to keep visiting. Once we get to know these characters, we want to spend more time with them. An hour and a half, two hours is not enough, you know? So you're going to see this rise where you have people are now for years getting so comfortable with this life, this style, this way of entertainment, 
that now for clients, business people, if they're not doing the same where they're putting out content for their audience every day, it's a mistake. They're missing the boat. And the ones that are, are going in a year or two are going to eat the other ones up, you know? No, and it's, you know, it's, it's just reminiscent of, of other things that have happened over time where if, if you don't strike, yeah, then you're going to be at a disadvantage and you're totally, you, you will be left behind. Yeah, totally. Whether it was with the real estate boom, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, I'm interested in the, the, the content you do for um, corporate clients. Mm. Is that what you were referring to as you'll you'll sit down with them and, and, and put together a, a video or what are you doing for them? Yeah, so um, as I'm seeing things change, you know, I think there's a great opportunity for a non-for-profit organization who has a budget and was considering a 10-minute film or a five-minute film they could show their donors or try and raise money with. I think there's a really beautiful opportunity to um, exercise those dollars differently. And so instead of creating just one project for somebody, I give people now this new option where we develop a marketing plan. That marketing plan is very similar to what I would do with the larger scale productions. But what I'm finding is, is that I can now tell that story over time and accomplish the same goal, if not more or better. Because I'll give you an example. So a five-week marketing plan with somebody is is a great way to start, right? Somebody doesn't want to make a huge investment, take a ton of risk. Um, And in that five-week marketing plan, my goal would be to create five videos for them instead of one that tell a story over the five weeks before we get to the sale, you know? And, And I really specialize in character development as a storyteller. That's one of my, um, my real important focuses because I believe so strongly in character development. If we don't see ourselves on the screen, we're not connecting. If we're not connecting, we're disengaged. If we're disengaged, no one gives a shit. I'm sorry, no one, no one cares, you know? But, um, but through these, this marketing plan with corporate clients, there's an opportunity here for us to tell their story over time. Um, in the course of, you know, five shorter videos. Um, And then in between those five shorter videos, we follow up each video with messaging, whether it be Instagram posts or whether it be digital, you know, moving images or, um, you know, however however they want to do it. Um, And does this work with virtually any, any company? So, for example, if I came to you and said, help American Real... Blow it up. Let's blow, blow it up. up. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what do you yeah. do? You if come we, up with this. You we come co- up with a strategy. We come up with a marketing a plan? five week marketing plan. We come up with a six a six month marketing plan, maybe a year, depending on the investment. And we figure out. We sit down and we talk. If we go with like the bigger ones, like our six month ones, then we devise two th- two sets of three month plans. Our first three month plan, we roll out, and we at the end of that we regroup to see what's working, and then we double down what's working and we spend the next three months focusing on yeah. what the audience okay. is responding right. to but first you have to kind of test the waters to see what where yeah. you need to go with it yeah absolutely um, because you know like I said the world is changing yeah so your Instagram your Facebook you know if uh, if a, it could be a real a realtor it could be a lawyer it doesn't matter people want to know 
who they're doing business mm -hmm. with. We're all like this on our phones mm -hmm. now. This is what matters. If you, we're in New York City right now. Go take a look at everyone in the cabs. Is anybody Couldn't looking at the billboard that American Eagle just spent however many thousands of dollars? No, nobody cares. Everyone's here. So these days of looking here, like it's over. The newspaper, it's, it's over. The, the buying banners on someone's website, let's take a look at your cell phone and let's see the websites you go to. You don't go to websites. You're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, you're on Snapchat. That's it. It's Web 2.0. So in my opinion, my professional opinion, a client can come to me with this idea for a one and done. But I feel a moral obligation that I have to let them know where the world is at. And I give them this other choice. Look, for the same amount of money, instead of doing one big production video where I bring my whole crew in, we spend a week, we edit for a month, and there's special effects. and all People... People are not wowed anymore by that. Right. Anyone can do a green screen. They're wowed by natural. They're wowed by, They're wowed by authenticity. Natural. Authenticity. So now for me, my focus, if they choose to go in that direction, is how do we tell the story that you want to tell? How do we tell the message? And I work with them on that because sometimes I'll see something that they don't. Sure. And we work together. We devise the plan. And then we execute. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's cool. really exciting. And, and I could see for you and your business, huge opportunity over huge. the next you know three to five years yeah yeah, yeah. and i'm passionate about it like i love it like it, for me it's like ooh, well what, what does the world know about you so far what don't they know right. you know how can we tell this how can we craft it and then figuring out placement is the is very similar to what i've done in all my documentary features right because you don't just go out and, and open up in the first five minutes and you get the whole story it's a journey and now it's just a journey that we tell over five weeks or six months or a year and we place certain pieces within there at certain times, just as we would in a full-length feature film, when we want to laugh or when we want to cry. We craft it, you know? And um, it's a very, very exciting time for people who want to take the risk, because there's no guarantee. Sure. But for people who want to take the risk, it's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You just mentioned passion, and that leads me to my next question. What is it like for you to be living your passion every single day <laughs> oh man sometimes it's hell <laughs> sometimes it's hell and my wife will remind me she's like what are you complaining about like you are living it like you you get to do what you want to do and I'm like no you don't understand I'm not doing what I want to do that's always my response and it's like I have to remind myself and I have to stay grounded and I have to stay in what I call a state of grace. I have to stay in a, in a place of grace and gratitude. Um, otherwise, my head goes nuts. It goes crazy. And um, I feel very honored and blessed today that I have the opportunity to do what I love to do, what I believe I'm good at doing, um, and, and raise my family. You know, my family is super important to me <laughs> that's right you know and the fact that i get to you know I, I work from home i have a home office that i built you know it's like 250 300 square foot i like the wood on the wall you like that that's thank sweet. you yeah. thank you thank you um but yeah i mean how great is that you know if if i'm in a situation where my kids are sick and they're home from school i get to make them lunch what a gift yeah you know what a gift
So I'm very, I'm very grateful, but I need, to, I need to remind myself and stay in that state of grace, in that state of peace. You know, it's a, it's a journey, it's a choice. What's next for you ambition-wise? What, what, what work do you still have to accomplish that you want to? Well, um, so my I Choose thing, I really feel we're in the infant stages. Um, as you saw, I Choose Hope, which was Eddie's video, uh, I mentioned to you I want to do nine more of those on an international basis. And so I'm in the process now of raising the money, raising the funds, trying to hook up with the right producers, trying to get some sponsors to come on board for that because I can't let it go. I just feel that there's something here. I feel like we're just tapping the surface, you know. Sure. And so, you know, we're working on creating the I Choose Foundation, which is a non-for-profit organization. And the goal would be that once we've got two or three of these done, we would then um, use, use some of that money to take these films and the, the stars, the lead roles of these films, to schools and places where they could go and we can talk about these subjects and do a whole tour. Oh. It could be an educational tour talking about life, talking about forgiveness, talking about love, um, talking about you know, drugs and alcohol, talking about the vulnerabilities, connecting with people as human beings, I think like that's what needs to be taught, you know. So, so I have very, very high hopes for that, and I know that we're in the infant stages, and it's just the beginning. We're moving in a direction where eventually it'll come together, but it'll come together at the right time. So, if you are following the I Choose series, you know, on Facebook or Instagram, we need that love, we need that support. The more that we build uh, this community, the better. Um, the better it is for me to show producers and investors and other people. So, um, but you know, I've, man, I, I ask that question all the time. Like, I don't know, I don't know what God's got in store for me next. You know, I've got a, a couple of scripts that I've written, uh, a couple of series, more fictional stuff. Um, oh. I mean, I, I love storytelling. So I think that there's stories that need to be told or themes that I want to explore and I think that some of the best choices for these themes to be explored is through some fictional content, characters that we can love and hate. Um, because I think that, you know, that's how, we, that's how we see ourselves, you know? Like, every little kid wants to be Superman. No doubt. You know? So I want to create some characters. So normally I don't do this, but you keep uh -oh. hitting on subjects that are personal, and I just have to express it. So. The last five years, I've been writing a novel. Awesome. And I've created these characters. And I love it. There's, there's good and evil, and um, uh, it's called The Sacred Order, and uh, Dan Brown was my inspiration. Mm. Becoming, uh, it's, the book's finished. I'm just putting the final touches on it. Um, and um, like you said earlier, it's, it's religious-based, but it's not a religious book. Yeah. You know, kind of like the Da Vinci Code, where yeah, there's yeah. a lot of underlining messages. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I just love the fact that you're talking about this because I, it, I know you will get that stuff done and out there into I the world because so. it needs to. It needs I to happen. So. <laughs> it's waiting. That story's waiting to be told. Yeah. You know, whether it's in the form of a of a book or a movie, yeah, or yeah. whatever it may be, and and a, lots of people have those. We mm -hmm. all have it in us. Michael and I, our producer, we were talking on the way down. He's had a book, you know, he's had ideas for a book. Uh, they say for everyone's years. got at least yes. one book in them. Yes. So yeah. so I think it's our job to help people take that leap. Mm. 
I'm, we have an academy now, American Real Academy. We're teaching people how to podcast, how to do this. Yeah. We're teaching people how to write books. Love it. Because everyone has it in them. Yeah. You just have to give them the tools, the confidence, you know, that just that brotherly, you know, tap on the shoulder to say, you could do it. You yeah. could do it. Yeah. And, and that's what we're doing. So um, I'm really happy to hear that, that you have that in store. Yeah, man. You know, I, uh, I have a book I've been, it's called The Master. I've been writing this book for years. And uh, at some point in time, when things just quiet down or calm down, you know, I definitely want to finish it. And then I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll just do something really creative. And even though it's not done, turn it into a series that just ends on a cliffhanger and then just keep writing it, you know? Love it. Keep writing it and self-producing it and putting it out on Amazon, you know, so people can pick it up on their Kindle. Digital only. Yep. So there's no cost up front. And really just tell this story and just go on this journey, you know? Um, I think it would be experimentational, but I think it could be cool, you know? Totally. That's great. Well, look, this has been great. I, we could sit here and talk all day. We have so I much know, man. This is just the beginning. Yeah. We have established a friendship. Absolutely. Uh, we will promote everything you have to, to our followers. Thank you. And uh, can't wait to see what's in store, you know, uh, for you in, in the future. Um, I just have a couple more quick questions. Uh, take your time you. answering them. But um, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for, for, for making the time and the effort to be here. Um, if you were to take out your cell phone right now yeah, and call there. the 20-year-old Mike, Oof, yeah. what would you tell him? The 20-year-old Mike, what would I tell him? Um, you were at the St. Francis house probably. Yeah, I was. Okay. I would call him up and I would say, look, it's not always going to go as you planned, but don't worry, have courage, be brave, and never lose sight of who you are. Absolutely never, under no circumstances, lose sight of who you are and that understanding of, you know, you're being called for something great, just go for it, you know, just don't be afraid. I think. I think that's the biggest thing. I would say don't be afraid. Yeah. And it, and it gets me to thinking back what we were talking about earlier is that, you know, we, you mentioned it, fear. You know, we're, we're surrounded by fear and it's inside our head yeah. when half the time there's really nothing to even fear but ourselves. I know. That's great advice. Um, last question. Yeah. Ultimately, you're still a young guy. You have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of gray, though, coming out of You <laughs> see this? My wife was like, this morning, she was like, maybe we should dye it. At least you have hair. <laughs> um, what do you want your legacy to be? What do I want my legacy to be? You know, Roger, I, um, I want to live my life. Ultimately, man, look, the reality is I, I want to get to heaven. I do. And I want to take as many people with me as I can. That's my aim. That's where, that's where I'm trying to get to. Mike Campbell, it's been great. Thank you so much. Welcome to the American Real family, and we will be in touch. Thanks, Roger. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thank you.